The man's run on three things, caffeine, sass, and smut. The last two we provide to the masses every week, but we haven't found a way to make a caffeinated podcast yet. Which is why I'm proud to introduce Atlas Coffee Club to you, our darling listeners. Atlas Coffee Club curates the top 1% of the world's best coffee, roasted and ground to your preference, and delivered freshly to your door. Each month you'll receive single-origin 100% Arabica coffee from a new country, a postcard from that country, and an info card detailing the country's history, tasting notes for the beans, and context about what makes your coffee unique. With a focus on sustainability and a commitment to paying above fair trade prices, Atlas Coffee Club is a great way to start the morning with a whole lot of good. Want to get in on this one-of-a-kind experience? Use code WBTYM at checkout or go to atlascoffeeclub.com WBTYM to get 50% off your first month's subscription and up to $50 off gifts. Get flirty and stay thirsty. Wham, bam, Thank You, Ma'am is a podcast that discusses sex, intimate and sexual situations, sexualized anatomy, alcohol, and substance use. Naughty language will be used. We recommend listeners be 18 or older, as some content will not be suitable for younger listeners. Individual episodes may contain additional content warnings. Please refer to these at the start of each episode to keep yourself safe. Most importantly, have fun and enjoy. Welcome to... Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. The smuttiest, sluttiest podcast this side of literary analysis. I'm Corinne, and I'm here because I studied media and literature in college. And I started a podcast just like everybody else in the world. Why are you here, Andy? I'm here because I have been in... Ow. God. Sorry. Yeah, I... Earlier, I bumped my hip. And uh, it's just really sore. God. My hip, hip. <laughs> I quit. I quit. I'm done. I'm done. I quit. That was the last straw. You've been weasered. <laughs> I want you to know. weasering people non-responsibly. <laughs> we, we recorded the foreplay. I had it. My feet were holding it up the whole time we were recording the foreplay. <laughs> Friends don't let friends weasel each other. <laughs> that was the funniest intro I've ever done. It was, and I'm it. so mad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Next, you're going to be talking about your sweater. <laughs> I'm not eating your pork and beans. You can't make me. Um, uh, uh, phantom culture, too much brain uh, pudding. <laughs> Because too much gay sex. Okay, there we go. This is your brain on Weezer, folks. <laughs> this is what happens. This is your brain on fan fiction and Weezer, buddy. <laughs> Roxy. And, yeah, Roxy, what about you? <laughs> Hi, my name is Roxy, and I'm these two's uh, court-ordained therapist. <laughs> I, I'm not at liberty to say what they've done, but I have been assigned to their case. and Murder. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. Uh we're guilty. Glad I'm not their lawyer. Anyway, <laughs> hi. I'm a mental health professional who likes smut, and I'm here too, I guess. <laughs> Thanks for kidnapping me. You're so welcome. Can you rate us five on Uber? <laughs> yeah. Um, do you got any pretzels or water or something back mm. here? We've got hot toddies. Okay, yeah, you're getting a five, yeah. Good hostages don't complain about the snack arrangement. Are you hostage shaming me? <laughs> did we read Corinne (laughs) (laughs) all right all right all right this week we are back at Mooney's for our favorite songs by Anita Kelly restless and disillusioned with his life Aiden McCarcel is ready for a night out at Moonlight Cafe with his best friend Penelope one night to not think about how much he hates grad school to watch queer people make fools of themselves singing karaoke a simple reliable escape but when it's not Penelope who walks through the door at Mooney's but the high school nemesis Aiden hasn't seen in five years well things get a little more complicated. For Kai Andrews, moving back home after his mother's death has been harder and lonelier than he anticipated. And running into Matt Carcel again? That had certainly never been in his plans, but he deserves a night out away from the responsibilities and grief that have been weighing him down. Sure, it appears Matt Carcel still hates his guts for reasons Kai has never quite understood, but maybe with a decent dose of pop music and Mooney's magic, Kai can finally, finally make Aiden smile just this once just for tonight. 
As a surprising, intimate night at Mooney's brings Aiden and Kai closer together, a winter storm moves in, and what was meant to be a simple night out turns into over 24 hours of being snowed in together. Through confessions, memories, and games of Boggle, Aiden and Kai have to figure out if this unexpected second chance at connection was merely a temporary interlude, or if they can each come out better on the other side of the storm. Content warnings for our favorite songs are as follows. Mentions of parental death, specifically from brain cancer, a mention of self-harm, mentions of a minor car accident, musings on and depictions of grief, brief mentions of pet death. In case you're new to the show, we've all read this book, taken notes, and highlighted some of the spiciest sections. We'll be discussing the story and sexy bits, comparing it to romance and smut fiction with similar themes, setting, tropes, etc., while enjoying the signature drink of the episode. Today's signature drink is a hot night in. You can find recipes and instructions for the cocktail and mocktail versions of this drink in our Discord and on our social media, WBTYMPod, basically any place you look. Stick around till the very end for a tingling tingler, where we read a segment from National Treasure, Chuck Tingle. First drink of the episode, Mams? Cheers. It's cough syrup. It's alcoholic cough syrup. Delicious, <laughs> delicious, life-giving cough syrup. <laughs> I'm fine. For everybody listening, we have a hot toddy today. So it is good for the throat. Not necessarily super delicious. It's still good. Um, but if you don't like bitter flavors. Lots of things can be said about that in this book. Hey! Yeah. Hey-o. All right. So, ma'ams, our favorite songs. First thoughts. Opening opening arguments. Um. So we are going to uh, zoom through the plot because... I I have enjoyed all of the Mooney books, but this is pretty par for the course comparing off of the other one. I love them. I love them both, okay? We get to see a little bit of those characters from the other Mooney's book. Which I loved. I loved seeing Sam yeah. and Lily. Yes, and Sam getting to wear a skirt. I loved it. Yes, and them dancing together and like being so happy at Mooney's and Yes. It was it was lovely to see them come but, back again. But what I think Andy is getting at is that these books are short, y'all. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the plot was there. Uh, but like if you were having a bad toilet day, you could finish this book in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) This is a quick one. And in a lot of ways, it really fits with the narrative because the narrative we have here is that they meet at Moonies as all the Moonlighters novels. That's the point. They meet at Moonies. Then they get snowed in together, and they spend 24 hours together. And that is 90% of this book. There's, like, 99% of this book. There's, like, a, a one chapter that is not that. <laughs> Maybe two. Um, and like with Moonies, we have... Um, we get perspectives from each of the different characters, the, the two main characters, um, which in this case is Aiden and Kai. Um, they were high school enemies, um, at least... As Kai, as Aiden perceived it. Aiden's dramatic ass, I swear to God. Aiden is a drama king. Like, he is just so, like... I kept calling him an emo kid in my notes. Yeah, he was, he had big emo kid energy. And whereas Kai is kind of like the the all-star, like, athlete. The guy that was in every friend group inexplicably. Yeah, he got along with everybody, was super nice. But Mm -hmm. also, like, people would look at him and be like... You're so attractive. Yeah. <laughs> how are you so hot? You know, like, how are you good at everything? And that's how Aiden really views Kai is like, how is this guy so good? And what, how can I live up to that? Which is mainly Kai's biggest problem in this book is he feels threatened by Kai. He, Aiden just really feels like he doesn't live up to Kai as a person. And Kai is mainly just dealing with grief. Uh, he has a lot of grief. His mother has passed away as as well as his pet dog passed away about six months ago. So, like, he's kind of just living in grief. And he never hated Aiden. Uh, he just, he didn't understand how to make Aiden smile because he was so used to everybody liking him that meeting somebody who didn't seem to smile, didn't seem to like him, really put him off his game. And his goal throughout this entire book is just to see Aiden smile, which is adorable. It's so cute. (laughs) 
I I genuinely like I like Kai so much. Like Kai's probably one of my favorite pro ta- like pro tags we've had because yes. he's just like a he's just a dude. Yeah. If any of you have played the game Dream Daddy, he reminded me of uh, is this what's his name? Uh, the Jock Dad is yeah. it Craig or something? It's like oh yeah, Craig. It's Craig. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, he, he did just, remind me a lot of Craig. Just like a just yeah. a good guy. Like you want yeah. to dislike him because he's like perfect on the outward when you're just looking at him. But it's like you know he's just genuinely a really good dude. Um, and in this case, a really good dude who's dealing with some really serious emotional stuff. Yeah. And just like in um, Sing Anyway, we have both characters that they have their own shit they kind of need to deal with before they can get in a relationship. Mainly. Aiden's being, he hates grad school, but he's going anyway because he thinks it's expected of him. Which is so real, by the way. It is incredibly real. I almost went to grad school multiple times because I felt I needed to get my life on track. And I'm like, this is what people do. And I didn't because I didn't think going back to school was right for me, which it it wasn't. Like, I, I didn't. Learning in a traditional fashion like that, it doesn't work great with me, ADD, etc., so on. It puts so much stress on me, even just going through college. You know, going to grad school really wasn't in the cards for me. But I felt that pressure, and I almost did it, like, twice, because I was like, I'm going nowhere with my, with my life, I'm working retail. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I should go to grad school. And I didn't, and I ended up finding a job that I really like, and doing something I really like, and advancing in my career. But it took the step of waiting to not care what people thought about me for me to be able to do that. And and I'm going to say real quick, you know, you didn't go to grad school. I did go to grad school. We're both here. We both ended up here. Exactly. So like- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't go to grad school. It wasn't right for me. Roxy did go to grad school. It was right for her. At the end of the day, nobody can write your story but you. And that's really what Aiden was struggling with. He was letting everybody else write his story, which is really funny considering he was a poet what he wanted to do was write and yet he was letting the expectations of others write his story um i don't know if anyone wants to speak on that before i get to kai's problem <laughs> um i just i i get it you know you're whenever you get a, an arts degree you are like well i'm gonna get more college so at least i can tell people i'm doing that because literally when i told my dad i was gonna go to art school he said have fun working at walmart the rest of your life that is a direct quote um so, like, I get it. You just want to be able to say, yeah, I'm con- I'm doing something with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I get it. Kai's the deal. Yeah. So, Kai. Kai. My baby girl. Instead of going to college after high school, Kai went and became an apprentice for a welder. And welding is something he actually really enjoys doing he likes working with his hands college wasn't right for him and you know a teacher recommended getting into welding for him which was great because he had been in shop class he had been welding you know when he was younger and it was just something that really fit so he moved away and went to um, a place where he could weld and he's been away from town he came back however because his mother was really sick and he'd been visiting Um, it turned out to be brain cancer and she was dying However, he wasn't able to move back fully until she passed. For whatever reason, he had, like, this internal block about it. And I think it was kind of maybe he didn't want to make it real. That's, yes. As someone, so, I'm someone who has grandparents. Like, my grandmother has dementia pretty bad. Um, And after my grandfather passed, like, I'm a horrible person. I love my granny very much, but I I... can't go and see her. (laughs) Because I just can't face that reality of not having my granny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just real. Like, that's a real block. Yeah, and I think that's something a lot of people deal with is being unable to do certain things because it makes the situation too real. And I think that's what Kai was going through. He couldn't go home. He couldn't go live back at home while his mom was dying because it was make it all too real. When he got to go visit, he could be like, well, you know, I'm visiting, I'm here, but... She's, she's okay. She's okay. You know, she's not, it's fine when I'm at work, you know, I mean, I just need to finish stuff up. I need to finish stuff up and then I'll come home. And he was only able to come home after she passed. Um, and he is putting off cleaning out his mother's house. His dad has already moved out and is living in another town. He took what he could, sort of what he could, but the rest is left to Kai. And so Kai is dealing with this grief of not being able to clean out the house because once again, it would make it too real. 
And so like, that's the, the two problems that we have. Like Kai has this grief that he's dealing with. Aiden has this being stuck in a cycle of doing things that make him unhappy because it's what is expected of him. And these two characters come together through a friend, Penelope, who is meant to meet them at the bar. However, she gets in a car accident. <laughs> and I feel, I feel so bad, but I was cracking up because I, I am 100% that friend who wants my friends to be friends. <laughs> I think that's how you two like met each other. Yeah. Like, Yes. I, I am very much the Penelope in my life who's like, you would love this person. <laughs> you would you would fucking vibe so well. You need to meet them. And well, and the idea of not being there to facilitate the meeting <laughs> was so mortifying to me. Like, Penelope, what have you done? <laughs> you thrown into the sharks, Penelope, and the sharks are themselves. They're alone <laughs> together. The sharks are their gay trauma, please. <laughs> Yeah, it was like it was such a such a such a mood was Penelope trying to set up this meeting between her two friends. Yeah, like they knew each other. They knew each other, but like they never liked each other for whatever reason. Well, they knew like, their high school selves, you know, yeah. and you change a lot after high school. Yeah, I was homophobic in high school. I was <laughs> I wasn't I was what was I? I was really still traumatized medically speaking. I'm still medically traumatized, but I was really super shy in high school because of all my trauma. Oh. Um I, I, I oh go ahead. No, no, you finish, you finish. I had a teacher who I hate to this day who actually made fun of me because um I was in English class and I wanted to answer a question. So, you know, I raised my hands to answer the question. And this was, you know, like the year I had come back to school after being out. And she was like, Oh, Corinne, you're here? I hadn't noticed. And I was like, You fucking bitch, I'm never raising my hand again. <laughs> Do you understand how hard it was for me to raise my hand and answer this question? I have severe social anxiety. Andy's going being... to go back in time and curb stomp her. I see yeah, Andy's no, face. She was, she was terrible. Everybody hated her. Um, we recently went to a wedding where a bunch of high school people were there. And we're like, so everybody hated her. Let's dish. <laughs> yeah, she was, she was awful. Um, but Don't yes. get into education if you hate people. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she was just an awful bitch. And it was like she was married to one of the nicer teachers. So it was like, what is your problem, ma'am? Like, you're married to a really nice dude. Why are you such a bitch? Um, <laughs> when when I was in high school, I was very much the uh, trying to have my parents be proud of me, you know, do the extracurricular activities, you know, the grades uh kind of prissy you know like <laughs> yeah i've i've had some real life knocked into me over the last decade <laughs> i think we've all changed i'm i'm certainly much less shy i still have social anxiety but i deal with it in different ways like i say i was so far in the closet that um i was like Oh, when I gasp whenever I see women, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I'm not going, I'm going, because, oh my God, how could someone be gay? Not me, bro. Andy, you were so far in the closet, you were in Narnia. <laughs> I was so far in the closet, I was, uh, I, I was homophobic. I'm not proud of that, but I feel like it's important to be honest. That's why I say it. I say it lightly, genuinely, like, I was not a good person, and the only way I can come to grips with that is by making fun of myself. So. Well, and I think there's there's so much. Everybody is a different person in high school. There's a lot of expectations put upon you. How much other people think of you matters so much more in high school than ever. And I was one of those people who, like, I was friends with, like, one of the very few out gay people in our high school. And it was one of those things where, like... I was partially considered weird because of that, because I was like, you know, like I'm friends with one of the very few out gay people in this small town, you know, and there was like one or two others. And like, I'm actually mostly friends with all of them still to this day, but it is, you know, you're put into groups in high school. And I think that those groups really can negatively or positively affect you, but nobody stays the same after high school. If you've stayed the same after high school, 
I don't know how. I pity you're, you. You're stunted developmentally, and you need to yeah. buy, you need to you need to process that in therapy. Yeah, your identity you model needs to still keep <laughs> going forward, therapy. sweetie. You can't pay, stop there. Pay Roxy a hundred thousand dollars, and she might look at you. <laughs> there, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. If you're hot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Everybody is a different person in high school because it is a bizarre situation that you're put in. And a lot of people go to college and they find themselves. And a lot of people, even after college, still need to find themselves. And I feel like I haven't really found my best self until my 30s. Like, I feel like I am more me than I've ever been right yeah. now. You kind of just reach that point where you just don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. And that's when you're the real you, when you stop fucking caring what other people think about you. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what other people think. It matters what you think and how you feel about yourself and how those people, the people that you care about, feel about you. The rest of the world can go fuck a duck. Yeah, it can fuck out of here. We don't give a shit. We don't so, give a shit. So that's where we're kind of meeting these two characters. They yes. knew each other in high school. They were very different people. Penelope knows them both as they are now and is like, you would really get along and has arranged for the three of them to hang out at Mooney's, sing some songs, have some drinks. And she gets in a car wreck and it's just the two boys having to get along. And they decide, you know what? Let's sing a little. Sure. And they make the dumb fucking decision of picking songs for each other to sing. And because they... Because they haven't known each other that well, and they've known each other since high school, they pick stereotypes of each other to sing. And it is so funny and punishing and god-awful. Yep. Shout out Johnny Cash's Hurt. Yeah. But like yeah. the Nine Inch Nails version, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. It is, it is a song that you need to be strong and confident to sing. And at karaoke. At and gay karaoke, karaoke bar. At gay karaoke bar. And it is, Aiden is not ready he feels so called out. He's like, you were just saying I am a, you know, next time don't pick a song that people play before self-harming, you know? Okay, and like, but like that line made me laugh so hard. Yeah, it was so good, yeah. It was um, so real. As dark as that is, that was such yeah. a fucking funny line. Yeah, it's well, and this, so book funny. Is, this book is so funny. Like, just like Sing Anyway, it's so funny. It's so well-written. Anita's voice is... Oh wow 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 wow! Ah! Leave this in. Leave this in. She's the fourth man. She has things to say. I might. I might leave it in. Lola's the fourth man. All right. Just like our favorite songs, I mean, no. Just like sing anyway. Our favorite songs is so witty, and Anita is just such a stellar writer. Like you really. Anita has a style and they stick to it. And that mm -hmm. style is so easy to read. You will whip through this book. Yeah. We whipped through this book. Um, I will say uh, I am once again your audiobook bitch. Um, it is very funny to get the audible version of this book because <laughs> um, one of the people voice acting it is sounds incredible, perfectly cast and everything. They both did a great job. But one of them sounds like the guy that you can hire on Fiverr, <laughs> like the old guy. And I'm just like, I loved it. I was like, all right, I vibe. You know, I'm here. I'm queer. I'm ready to f fucking party. Uh, but I was just like that. It was whiplash to hear. Hello, I am a straight white man reading <laughs> this gay pornography to you. And I'm not Wait, trying. Which character was it? It was Kai. <laughs> no! Yeah. I can give you guys a little taste later. I'll play oh, Yes, please. Oh. Um, and <laughs> so I guess one thing that is really important to note is that Aiden was openly out in high school, which is incredibly brave. Like, there's a lot of people who aren't openly out in high school. I know I wasn't. I didn't even know I was bi. I am very much a Kai where I didn't know I was bi. And then I looked I realized in my 20s, about my mid-20s, I think I was 25, 26, where I told my, my friend Kaylee, I was like, so I think I'm bi and I wanted to tell you. And she was like, oh, cool. Thanks for telling me. And I'm like. <laughs> Get, I will say uh, we are kind of blasting through this because, again, it's, yeah. you know, it's it's kissing. It's the kissing's great. The sex is great. It's very well written. Go read it. OK, so I'm, but I'm going to blast through some of the points. The friends that Kai ends up calling some friends 
um, from high school and having conversation with them. I love them. They were yes, great. Yes. I wish I had had that reaction when I talked to my high school friends about my queerness. I was like, this is, that's goals. That's fucking goals. Yeah. I feel like I, I had pretty good reactions. Like I haven't specifically come out to a bunch of people in high school, but I think most of the people I'm still friends with in high school, I think they know I didn't specifically come out to them, but like we're friends on various social media platforms and I think they should know by now. <laughs> and if they don't know, I, they're really oblivious. <laughs> but yeah, like the one friend, like I, the two friends I specifically came out to, both took a great one was like, oh, hey, I'm bi also. And I was like, oh, great. And that was my childhood best friend. A Neither of us knew. <laughs> Neither of us knew. And it was fantastic. Um, I was like, oh, so I've recently uh, come to realize that I'm bi. And she was like, oh, my God, me too. Hi. <laughs> I, I usually that. don't really bring up my orientation, but also I feel like my orientation is kind of obvious because I had a husband and now I have a wife and it's just kind of like I love both of them. So it's kind of like, yeah, she's probably bisexual. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's got something. There's something yeah, there. The, you know, yeah, I mean. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I just think with Kai, I think the line that I really related to a lot was the re like going back through your own history and rewriting it now that you know like mm -hmm. having to relook at all those moments when you were younger and be like oh yeah oh yeah that wasn't normal you know like that wasn't very heterosexual the, the line <laughs> the line specifically i think i wrote this down in my notes was when i should have known yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like i was like i relate so hard to that yep no i literally can remember in high school like always having like the urge to kiss my best friend who was a girl um and i was like oh, man those intrusive thoughts huh <laughs> <laughs> like buddy <laughs> see so i there, for me it was just i had a lot of crushes on like tv characters and stuff like that that were that were women and i just thought i wanted to be them but really, it was I wanted to be with them. But I did have one friend in high school who I had the biggest crush on. She was she was tall. She was blonde. She was talented. Um, and the talented part really got me. And I still know her to this day. And I'm not going to say her name. But um, yeah, it was it was a huge thing where I definitely had a crush on her. But I didn't realize it. Like I had no idea. <laughs> Add a bingo point to uh, Corinne's competency kink shows up <laughs> yeah, in the episode. Yeah, God. it shows up again. I, I, I love I, ta talent and skills and passion. Oh. I'm going to make us a fucking bingo card. Give me a second. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, how funny is that? The concept of us having a ma'am's bingo card. Oh, we should yeah. make that for the community and put it yes, in the Discord and make it all cute. We should make a ma'am bingo card. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, because um, my competency, competency kink has showed up once again. I just... Roxy gets flustered, threatens <laughs> to leave. Yeah. Uh, uh, but we, we bring all this up because Kai reveals to Aiden that he is bisexual. And um, they, they have snippets of conversation between picking these songs for each other. And them picking the songs for each other is actually very cute because they are slowly learning, relearning each other's personalities. Um, they start realizing, wait, Maybe they'll like this song. And it's it's really cute. There's a moment where Aiden is revealed to be like a Swifty, which is really funny. Yes. Um, this like emo fuck is just blasting out Taylor Swift songs. Like, and then there's this point at the end of the night, um where there is a song for uh I believe um Kai to sing. And it, it seems really heartfelt and personal. And he reaches out to Lily to help him. Um, Hallelujah by Rufus Wainwright. Yes. Yes. Sorry. And, uh, and there was a line that I thought was absolutely beautiful. Let me pull it up. It's in my notes. Um, but basically, Lily uh, agrees to help out Kai. And there's this line and it goes I had learned over the last few years that it was often strangers who made the best saviors and as someone who like yeah I was pretty prissy in high school but over the next 10 years of my life I worked in homeless shelters I worked in domestic violence shelters 
the mental health field kicked my ass and grounded me. Um, and I learned that oftentimes the kindness of strangers is beautiful. You'll, you'll see a lot of shit on the news. You'll, you'll always have doom scrolling pushed forward because it's the best to keep people's attention. Um, but this line really resonated with me because I have seen the beauty of absolute strangers pulling together and seeing, hey, this person looks really nervous. They've asked me for help. Let's fucking do this. And I just, ah, oh God, it's such a short book. This is going to be a short episode. But it's it's packed of beautiful little moments like this sprinkled within. Just at a karaoke bar. Like, God, Anita, you can't keep doing this to me. I had to bingo card psyche. Uh, Roxy yells at author. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really one of the things that Anita does well is these really heartfelt moments in what should be an otherwise, like, just a place, you know, like a karaoke bar. You don't expect a karaoke bar to be deep. But Anita, they make it fucking deep. A karaoke bar is apparently where you bear your soul, which I guess makes a bit of sense. You do have to be brave to get up and sing karaoke. And in a way, when you're at a karaoke bar, you are letting everybody see you. So I understand it. I understand why everybody opens up at Moonies. I get it. I get it. I can't I see and, you, Anita. <laughs> yeah. And so after this very heartfelt song, it kind of opens that grief wound. And y'all, processing grief is not linear ever. You're going to have hills and valleys. Um, and they may be years in between. They may be days in between. And he is hit with grief. And he has to go outside at the back and, you know, inhale a bit of the fresh air. And Aiden goes out there and joins him and sits with Kai. And Kai says, now remember, Kai is the one who has lost both his mother and his dog within six months of each other. I have learned grief never was ideal. Never did it make much sense. It hit you when you least expected it, but when you most expected it too. It was always sort of there. You just didn't have control over when it got loud. And I was just like... Anita, you nailed it. You fucking nailed it. Um, very beautifully written. Andy is fist pumping. <laughs> I, it, it's so good. I, yeah. I, it reminds me of the illustration I've seen of grief where it's like grief never gets smaller. You grow around it. Yeah. And and that it, as someone who has grieved a lot in my lifetime, like that is, that is potent. That yeah. Is... And for me, I was very recently grieving um, yep. because my 16-year-old uh, cat passed away. I've had her since I was 17, since I was a baby, basically. I watched her grow up. I had her as um, a kitten. You know, like, I watched her be born. And it's one of those things where, like, yeah, it's a cat, but it was a part of my, a part of my life and a part of my home. And the grief has been strange. Um, yeah. it's, it's been... I'm past the worst of it now. You know, we, we had to take a, a bit of a man break partially due to me because um, I I had about a week where I could only do my job, like work at my day job by wearing a Mothman onesie because it made me smile. I, I was Moth Businessman. And... I love it. You should share those pictures <laughs> with the community. Agreed. I love it so much. If I, I just want you to know if I was your therapist, I'm not, that's not ethical. You can't do that to your friends. Yeah. Um. I would be so proud of you because that's so unique and like such a self-care thing to do. Like it's not hurting anyone. Yeah. It's comfy. It brings a smile to your face. If this is what you need to do to process your grief, you fucking wear that onesie. <laughs> exactly. You know? And I wore my moth, my mothman onesie. I was moth businessman for yes. about four days. Um, and then on the fifth day, I woke up and did not feel the need to be moth businessman. I still wore it because I was cold, but like I was wearing it because I was cold, not because I needed it as a support. Um, and that's when I knew that I was past the worst of the grieving. Like the grieving's still there. I still have moments where I'm like, oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm sad. I've just had this, you know, this grief sprout up usually because of routine. Routine yeah. hits me. The routine that isn't there anymore. Yeah. Um, yep. Or today when I was holding our our new kitten for the first time, a sealed door, and he started purring, and I was holding him, and 
it hit me in the heart and like when Bevan walked back in like I was you know cleaning up tears and yeah. it was just it's just echoes of a different time manifesting exactly. you know exactly and you know it, it grief is something that you deal with for a while even for a pet especially for a person but you know I think that grief is described so well in this book that I was actually having some trouble reading it because yeah. I didn't expect the grief to be so visceral and real yeah. um, but it's so well done and anyone that says pet death is not worth grieving over fuck you it is. They're a part Sorry. of your life and a part of your family. I, I try not to make blanket statements like that where I'm like, hey, I fucking hate you. Reevaluate uh, re because. No, I, yeah. Sorry. I, I will say um, I, I am very attached to my pets, but just coming from it, like at a psychological scientific point of view, like we have animal therapy for a reason. Like these emotional connections and bonds are valid and real and scientifically proven. And if you're saying that, oh, it was just a pet, you should get over it. Really, you're just being contrarian. You're not yeah. actually coming from a real place of backed data. You're just an asshole. But anyway, moving <laughs> on. Um, they have this sweet moment. And he processes his grief a little bit. And they go back in for one last song. Because the snow has fallen down really hard. And they realize they're going to have to leave or they'll get stuck here. And they both end up picking songs for each other that they remember being each other's favorite in high school. Two and people that didn't even know that they cared about the other, you know. But they remembered each other's favorite songs, which is why yeah. it's called our favorite song. That's it's, the name of the book. That's the name of the book. Oh, my God, I said it. It's so good, guys. This is, um, we, we recorded one, uh, our last episode, actually, we were kind of like, I don't want to spoil it because it's genuinely really good. This is another one I may, uh, get onto our mams and we can read some of the, the saucy bits. I don't want to spoil the ending. Oh, shit. Yeah. Are we going to have a twofer? I just think it's, I think it's nice. I think it's good. Yeah. And you know what? It is a very good wintertime read. Uh, cause I think it's this episode comes out in January, February, yes. January, um, and it's January. It's pre-Christmas, but it's not Christmassy. Yeah. 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 It's so with this book, what happens? Um, and I'll just say is they do go home together because it's snowing and they're going to get snowed in and the roads are impassable. Their first kisses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can read their first kiss. Yes. It's so good. Do it. Uh, let me see. Yes. Here we go. <clears throat> So this is um, out in the uh, the bus um, shelter, uh, out in the bus shelter while they're waiting for the bus. It felt like we were all alone again in the strange, pretty plain of concrete and snow. He was wearing this nice gray pea coat, and it looked both funny and perfect on top of his purple hoodie. And I knew with certainty that if I didn't do this now, I never would. So I reached out with both hands and grabbed those lapels. They were warm and scratchy on my fingers, and I pulled but Kai was already pushing towards me, my efforts for naught. I had barely angled my chin towards his when his own hands reached up, gripped the back of my neck so rough and strong, and I had imagined the feel of those hands, just like that, so many times, that I think I may have let out an embarrassing little sigh before our lips even met. And when they did, it was all open mouths and tongues from the start, like we were both hungry. God, it was so good. His mouth was so hot, the skin of his chin so warm and prickly. This blazing kiss caught in the middle of the blizzard around us. The unexpected heat of it stole my breath, my inhibition, my ability to feel anything but him. No longer the boy with the mouth-watering thighs and erratic knuckles, but a full-blown man who built ships and felt things and knew all the words to party in the USA, who still knew my favorite song. A swell of emotion caught me in the throat like a right hook and I was seized with a kind of terror that the kiss would end, and the magic of the snow and the songs and the night would be over, when I had just figured out that I needed it. And even though I could literally barely breathe and needed to break the kiss, I found myself pressing into him more, harder, so that he stumbled. I moved my hands to wrap around his back and pull him close, as close as possible, so he wouldn't leave and this wouldn't be done. But eventually, of course, Kai tore his mouth away from mine on this kind of guttural moan that almost broke me. Fuck. I breathed, leaning my forehead against his, gasping the freezing air back into my lungs. Fuck. Kai didn't say anything, only stood there with his hand still in my hair, catching his breath with me. I have a proposition, he said at length, nudging his nose against mine, each word a gust of warm breath on my skin. Come home with me, Aiden. Um, 
something I also really enjoyed about this book that was not so much a thing in the other book. Uh, Kai ends up being uh, into kink a little bit. Yeah. And it was very nicely represented. The kind of like, it wasn't heavy kink. It was light, you know, like I, I say like light, but it was, you know, some gentle bondage type stuff. Um, and it was just really well handled, I think. And hot. It, yeah. It, I will say the sex scenes in this book, top, top up there for some of the books we've read. Just even though it was such a short book, it just... Whoo! This one raunchy snow globe they're in, you know. Like. <laughs> it really is. They okay, so they go back to uh Kai's place and essentially fuck like bunnies. Um <laughs> they are on each other every ten minutes. And we learn that uh Aiden is a bit of a Dom and Kai is a bit of a sub, and it's mostly well discussed. Uh basically the only thing they don't do correctly is have a safe word right out of the gate because they both kind of forgot. Well, and, and I'll kind of argue that Aiden, like, pictured, like, having sex with Kai because they kind of had a thing for each other. Yeah. Um, that, like, he was like, oh, I assumed I would be, you know, yeah. like, kind of taking it. And so I wouldn't even say that Aiden is, like, doming. I think it's, like, really good example of, like, like performing a role for your partner, if that yes. makes sense. It's and like I an love ebb that. and flow. Yeah. yeah. Like, this this might not necessarily fit you, but, like, you're willing to step into it because you want them to feel good. Exactly. And then he realizes yeah. he likes it. Yeah. Uh, but also, I have to say, uh, uh, oh, my God, there was a line in there. Because we're not, we're not going to spoil things. We want you to read this one, damn it. Um, where he's like, should the safe word be Jack? Jack is the name of his dead dog. No. Yeah. No. Mm. But, no. but it's pineapple like, like the rest of us, you dumbass. Aiden's like, no, it's not weird. It's okay. Jack can be the safe word. And it's like, and it's because <sighs> I always felt safe with Jack. I, I know. The reasoning know. is sweet, but the reasoning I, is sweet, but it is a weird choice. I get your your icked outness, yeah. Roxy. I yeah. get it. Yeah, I get it. I feel itchy. Yeah, that's it's it's okay to be icked. Yeah. But the reasoning is sweet, but it is kind of strange. But at the same time, these two have both never done this before, really. So, you they're know. They're babies. They're, they're, they're learning. They're learning. Um, but honestly, this is this was one of the most well-discussed kink we've had in a book. Uh, for two people who didn't really know what they were doing. But Aiden had watched some things and read some things. And, you know, it, 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 you tell he was kind of, like, interested. It's a good, it's a very good example of baby's first kink experience. Yes, yes. Training wheel kink is what I would call it. <laughs> and, you know. Yeah. And it's anyway. basically they have all this time where they are trapped together in Kai's apartment. And that's really all we'll say. Um, they fuck like bunnies. Um, there's they, a misunderstanding. Cause there's a misunderstanding because, of course, there is. It's a romance book. And, well, and as we said earlier, they're both working through their own stuff and not really talking about it too much with each other. They are talking. But... You know, maybe less than they should be because yeah. they're they're men. <laughs> if this yeah. if this was two lesbians, I feel like the story would be different. Yes, I, <laughs> it would yeah. be dragon queens. <laughs> it would be. Uh, <laughs> or they mm. figure out bondage. <laughs> God. Um, but yes, this one is super good. I we want everyone to go and read it. Uh, once again, that's our favorite songs by Anita Kelly. And just check out all the Moonies books. We still have one more that we're definitely going to hit on the podcast because it is about the Butch Bartender. Yes. We saw her more in this. Um, we saw a little bit of her personality, and I can't wait to read her story. It, it, it'll it be probably next season, but th- we're going to read the Butch Bartender We're going to read it. We deserve that. We deserve That's a the treat Butch Bartender. For us. <laughs> yeah, we don't even care if you want to hear it. We want to like, read it. <laughs> we love and support you, but you need to be there for us for this. Yeah, you need to support us while we read about the Butch lesbian. <laughs> um. So I uh, we super duper dash through this episode, but it's kind of it's one of those books that I think it's it's soft and gentle, and I feel like us talking about it too much would kind of take it away. Yeah. Take away from the experience of the book. So I think, Corinne, we move on into fanfic and tingles. Yes. Um, I have a fanfic. Um, or do you want a fanfic first or a tingle? Uh, Roxy, I, I didn't even I, check. I, you know what? I'd like a fanfic with a nice finish of tingling. 
Yeah. All right, all right. Okay, so my fanfic. Now, this is not my usual bag um, in many ways. But it's I not picked, sucky. It's not sucky. It, it is a high school enemies to lovers, which usually also is in my bag, which is why this book is very special to me, because I like it, and it's high school enemies to lovers. Um, romantic tension and pining are the themes. They're stuck together. There's car karaoke. Uh, no content warning so far that I could find. It is still an in-progress work. So that's another thing. I don't usually dabble in in progress. But um, this is called Next Christmas by High King Christie. It is an R flag meme to death modern AU, which feels weird to do because Steve and Ed were real historical figures. But fuck it. Uh, I chose this fic because it's a multimedia slash social media and fiction prose hybrid, which I found super interesting. If they're dead, it's not real people fiction because they're not real anymore. That's they're true. Dead. They're dead. So it's dead people fiction who are now high schoolers. Uh, um, uh, but <laughs> Let me read my Jesus X Judas. <laughs> I, I don't personally read that, but I stand for people's rights and wrongs to read Jesus X Judas. Anyway. Um, so the summary is when high school enemies Steed and Ed are forced to drive home together for a friend's engagement party at Christmas time, the two graduate students find they have more in common than they previously thought. But is there enough for these childhood foes to open the doors towards friendship or will they be forced to see what next Christmas holds? So just like in uh, our favorite songs, it's two people being brought together by a friend who didn't like each other. The, the enemies is more clear in this one. Like, both of them kind of had problems with each other for various reasons. Um, but uh, I don't really have an excerpt for this one because the excerpt I have is one you can only really see visually. Um, the story is in progress, updating weekly, generally on Saturday. But this is how the story starts. And uh, I'm just going to provide my notes to the ma'am so you can take a look. Um, okay. It's it's in our chat. Um they created like social media profiles for all the characters, like fake ones. Ooh! And um, it, it has like, it gives you the quick rundown of who all these people are in this universe in a very visual way. And I really liked that. It was a good way to like visually introduce all these people without oh. info dumping. I love that. Yeah, and that's why this one really stuck out to me. Um, so going into the second chapter, you already know where everyone stands in this AU. And, like, this is just an example. Like, there's it's a full, like, chapter just of this stuff. Um, this story isn't really, like, this type of story isn't what I prefer to read. I'm more for action, angst, wump, bamf. But High King Christie is doing something really interesting with the format here, and I really like it. So if you're looking for this type of story, if you're looking for holiday vibes, the story has it in spades, and it's a current story that's updating currently. Like, it literally had an update, like, when I was reading it. And I'm like, oh, there's an update. Oh, I gotta have another chapter to read. I need you to send me that. I'm so scared of in-progress fix, but I need you to send me that. Yes, of course, here. Thank uh, you. Uh, here you go. Thank you. It's really cute. It's really cute. And, like, it has lots of pictures and, like, songs and stuff, like, included in the narrative. Um, it, it's just really sweet. It's really well done. I'm really enjoying it. So that's my, my Our Favorite Songs recommendation. And they do sing car karaoke. Um, it's pretty cute. <laughs> Did we have any other fanfic? Or was I so, the sole ficker this time? Um, I mean, I don't have like a specific one, uh, but literally I've been super into Magnus Archives recently, surprising no one. Um, and there's literally, yes. uh, there's literally a character who does poetry. Uh, so Aiden, I don't know that we talked about it a bunch, is a poet. Um, but he is, he, he is a disaster gay and I love him. And he has a crush on an even bigger disaster by slash pan. Um, and I love them both. So literally anything that is uh, Magnus Archives, John slash Martin will have an element of this kind of vibe. That's and I so love true. That. That's so true. I love it. So. All right. Roxy, anything to add to the thick portion or are we moving on to a tingle? I'm ready to be tingled. All right. <clears throat> and now time for another seasonally appropriate tingling tingler. I stop a moment, turning to face my friend. Okay, fine. I'll tell you exactly what's going on. But after that, you've got to drop it. The whole point is ignoring this feeling until it goes away. This feeling, Gordor questions. What do you mean, this feeling? That haze was the physical manifestation of the weird, dull sadness that happens after the holidays end and January rolls around, I explain. It's like we have Thanksgiving and Hanukkah and Christmas and New Year's all back to back at the end of the year. It can be really fun. The problem is, the day New Year's Eve ends, you suddenly find yourself in the dead of winter with nothing to look forward to. 
Gordo listens intently, nodding along. I mean, there's plenty to look forward to, he explains. You'll see your family again. You'll have hobbies and play games. I know, I know, I reply. You're right, and logically speaking, that makes perfect sense. The issue is, my downer feeling is still there. It's a, it's a chemical thing, you know? We spend all that dopamine, and then suddenly we're dropped back into the coldest, darkest time of year. I trail off, a solemn, emotional weight pushing down on me from above now. This has been happening a lot over the last few days, my mind feeling absent and disconnected from the world around me. I take a moment to focus up, returning my attention to Gordo. Anyway, since I started feeling that way, that weird haze has been hanging around, I explain. I don't want to give him any attention, though. I think it's best to just ignore him entirely. And go on afternoon walks through the neighborhood, my friend questions. I nod. Anything to keep my mind occupied. Gordo considers this, a knowing smile creeping his way across his face. I think we can do better than a walk, he offers. You up for an adventure? Hell yeah, I reply, forcing myself to sound excited. Deep down, I know this enthusiasm is strained, but I'm willing to give it my best shot. This excerpt is from Pounded by the Physical Manifestation of the Weird Dull Sadness that Happens After the Holidays and in January rolls around. Looking oh, for the off. sexy bits? <laughs> Looking for the sexy bits? Well, those secrets are Chuck's and not ours, and we don't kiss and tell. You can find this book on Amazon and Kindle for two ninety nine. <laughs> Pounded in the butt by my mental illness. I'm so fucking dying. I... God damn it. Uh, Roxy and Andy are psychically damaged. Psychically tingled. Damn. Psychically tingled. <laughs> tingled by Corinne's tingler cho- choices. That's a Chuck Tingle novel. Right there. <laughs> that is. Fuck. God damn it. Oh, right. I thought of another one. We discuss title of episode <laughs> within episode <laughs> sorry that's all right I, I think this one is just probably called man bingo uh <laughs> see see yeah. 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 yeah check it off check it off this one's called man bingo all right <clears throat> next time we'll be covering our first t kingfisher novel sword heart Hala is a housekeeper who has suddenly inherited her great-uncle's estate, and unfortunately, his relatives. Sarkis is an immortal swordsman trapped in a prison of enchanted steel. When Hala draws the sword that imprisons him, Sarkis finds himself attempting to defend his new wielder against everything from bandits and roving inquisitors to her own in-laws, and the sword itself may prove to be the greatest threat of all. In the meantime, looking for hot content and even hotter vibes? Check out our Patreon. You can find it linked on our Twitter and Blue Sky, WBTYMPod. You can also find us on Instagram with the same name. Plus, we have a Facebook page and Tumblr, if you're into that kind of thing. Please follow, rate, and leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice. Tell a friend. Chase down a coworker. We've got so much love to give, and we need your help to spread it. Finally, we'd like to thank Acorns for our theme song and Ben for his editing notes. This has been WBTYM, or... Wham bam, thank you, ma'am. We hope we left you thoroughly satisfied. Get flirty. And stay dirty. I'm going to go drink. <laughs> We've been drinking. I'm going to keep drinking. <laughs> Looking to share your passion with the world? Wham bam, thank you, ma'am, and Podbean are here to help. As producer of WBTYM, I did a lot of research into hosting before taking the leap. And now you don't have to. Podbean's Unlimited Plan is easy, affordable, and flexible. With the ability to schedule episodes in advance, connect your feed everywhere podcasts are potted, and a comprehensive ads marketplace, Podbean has everything you need to share your show with the world. Don't just take our word for it. Go to podbean.com WBTYM to get the Unlimited Hosting Plan free for one month. We can't wait to see what you make. Get flirty and stay dirty.